Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to continue the series revisiting the Academy Awards of a given year. And this year, we're going to do the 2004 Academy Awards ceremony, which would be the 2003 movies. I definitely recommend you check out the back catalog of these episodes, because if you're kind of a cinemaphile, then you would really like these. And the reason I do them is because I think with time, we see that we made mistakes in many choices. May and I talked about, let's say, uh, Adrian Brody winning for The Pianist. At the time, we thought, okay, well, you know, maybe he deserves this. And then we've seen subsequent years how maybe he didn't. Or vice versa, let's say somebody doesn't win it who should have won it. Tarantino's never won it for Best Picture, for example. So I think with time, we can see that perhaps not always the best movie wins. And I like to think with everything everywhere all at once, we'll find out in five to ten years that this was a humongous mistake to give this movie, albeit an original movie, Best Picture. So I think this would be great for the Academy of Motion Picture Sciences, Arts and Science to wait three years. I know they would then have to not have shows for three years. Like, for example, in 2024, they wouldn't have anything until 2027. And then in 2027, we do the Academy Awards for the 2024 movie. So I know that would be three years of nothing. But I think in the long run, I just think with time, it would be a better choice. That we know this is never going to happen. Either way. February 29, 2004, this is Billy Crystal's eighth time to host it. Man, was he the best at these or what? It just, we, we just don't have anybody that's like Crystal who's been able to replace him. I mean, if it was up to me, they'd get Ricky Gervais every time. That guy kills. And of course, they're never going to invite him back. Either way, let's look at some of the above-the-line choices. Let's look at best original screenplay. We have... In America by Jim Sheridan, Finding Nemo, Dirty Pretty Things by Stephen Knight, The Barbarian Invasions by Denise Arcand, and Lost in Translation by Sofia Coppola. Coppola won it for Lost in Translation. Now, I have seen two of these movies, and, well, let's just say I'd rather give it to Finding Nemo than Lost in Translation. Best Adapted Screenplay. We have Seabiscuit by Gary Ross. Mystic River by Brian Helgeland, City of God by Braulio Montavani, American Splendor by Sherry Springer Berman and Robert Pulcini, and Lord of the Rings Return of the King by a bunch of people based on J.R.R. Tolkien. And the winner was Lord of the Rings. And I have seen, I have not seen American Splendor, I've seen the other four. Strong year. Strong year for screenplay. I think that I mean, Mystic River is a strong choice. I, I, I think Lord of the Rings, as you might have already guessed, does very well this year. And I think that probably, uh, I, I think that Mystic River actually is a better is a better win. I don't think the dialogue in Lord of the Rings is super top-notch. So I would give it to Mystic River. Let's look at Best Supporting Actress. 
We have Holly Hunter for 13, Marcia Gay Harden for Mystic River, Patricia Clarkson for Pieces of April, Shora Agdashlu for House of Sand and Fog, and Renee Zellweger for Cold Mountain. Now, Zellweger ends up winning this award. Uh, I have strong takes on Zellweger. We've talked about this with May. May actually likes Cold Mountain and thinks that she has a good portrayal in this movie. She kind of plays the, I don't know, I wouldn't say like, like hillbilly trash that helps Nicole Kidman's character. I'm not a big fan of her in this in this movie. Holly Hunter in 13 is fine. That's the movie that uh, she's a mom and she's trying to raise a 13-year-old and it's got Evan Rachel Wood as the, the bad 13-year-old and and Nikki Reed from Twilight. And it, I think she's fine as the freaked out parent, but I wouldn't give it to her. I'm not seeing pieces of April, so I can't commit on Patricia Clarkson. Clarkson. Marsha Gay Harden, I think, is great in Mystic River. She definitely had a run about 20 years ago. Shora Agdashlu is great. This name you might not know, but if you saw her face, you would certainly recognize her. I honestly probably would give it to her. I'm not a big Renee Zugger fan, and I think out of the five of these, it's kind of a weak year. Best Supporting Actor. Ken Watanabe in The Last Samurai. Jamon Hansu in America. Benicio Del Toro, 21 Grams. Alec Baldwin in The Cooler, Tim Robbins in Mystic River. I have seen four of these. I have not seen In America. Tim Robbins is good in this. I mean, he does a really good job in Mystic River. I'd probably give it to him. Alec Baldwin's fine in The Cooler. The thing is, like, going back to look at Baldwin's filmography is tough because I cannot stand Alec Baldwin. I think episode 25, I talk about how 90% of America hates Alec Baldwin. And yes, for all you 30 Rock aficionados and SNL fans, you always loved it when he was on. I think the large majority of people can't stand him because he's a super lefty. And I think there's there's lefties who don't like him because he's breeding out a Hilaria Baldwin like she's a rabbit. But either way, he's fine in this movie. I, I think he's pulling a little Glengarry Glenn Ross. Uh, this movie really is a vehicle for William H. Macy. Uh, he's fine in it. Ken Watanabe is great in Last Samurai, but I think his better work would probably be in an, uh, I would say probably this is his better work. Jim and Hansu, I think it's Blood Diamond, I think is his better work. But I'm okay with Robbins getting it here. I'm okay with it. All right, Best Actress. Pff, Naomi Watts, 21 Grams. Samantha Morton in America. Diane Keaton, Something's Gotta Give. Keisha Castle Hughes in The Whale Rider. Charlize Theron and Monster. I have seen four out of five of these movies. Again, I have not seen In America. The winner is Charlize Theron. Some of you might know this. This is the movie where she gets uglified. You know, they, they always say that these actresses got to get all uglified to get their Academy Award. And this is the only Academy Award she's ever gotten. And it's funny because, you know, they, they uglify her as this the, the kind of serial killer, Eileen Warnos who's a prostitute as well. And it's not like they really uglified her that much. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. I think she's good in this movie and I think she needed to do this movie and her agents were smart because remember, this is still early in Charlize Theron's career. I think the first time I saw her was in that movie, Seven Days in the Valley. And that was kind of a Pulp Fiction ripoff, but this is still relatively early in her career. We're looking 2003 and she needed to do something that was not like the Italian job or something that just shows off her beauty. She had to do something dramatic and it paid off for her in this role. I think she's fine in it. Diane Keaton, something's gotta give. This is a Nancy Myers movie. I love this movie. I mean, it's so unrealistic, but this is the one where Jack Nicholson is dating her daughter, played by Amanda Peet, and through a series of events, eventually Nicholson dumps the beautiful daughter for menopausal Diane Keaton. We're supposed to believe this. Yes. Also, we're supposed to believe that Keanu Reeves, who's very handsome in this movie, is supposed to be falling for falling in love with menopausal Diane Keaton. Yes, sure, we'll believe that because this movie is written by Nancy Myers and it's for women. That being said, it's a fine movie. I don't think she deserved even a nomination. Keaton's playing what Keaton's done the last 20 years. Naomi Watson, 21 Grams, I think is great. She's a great actress. Uh, she's one of my sexy Saturdays. I probably, it's just so iconoclastic. And Keisha Castle Hughes is one of the youngest people ever to get nominated for Best Picture or for Whale Rider, I just, I, she's fine. I, I just think it was kind of a throw-in. I probably would have given it to Naomi Watts. I'm just, I, I am a little biased toward her, and congratulations, she recently married Billy Crudup. Good for good for them. I just I, I just think of Charlize Theron's portrayal and monster. It's kind of like Forrest Gump and Tom Hanks, I Am Sam and Sean Penn, who we'll talk about in a second. Just kind of these, like, sensationalist, Oscar bait type movies. And yet, is she good in it? Yes, but I like I see through it and I just, I'm not a big fan. Best actor, we got Bill Murray, Lost in Translation, Jude Law, Cold Mountain, Ben Kingsley, House of Sand and Fog, Johnny Depp for Pirates of the Caribbean, and Sean Penn for Mystic River. And Sean Penn, of course, wins. I believe this would be his first that he wins and then he wins one for Milk later on in 2008. I was actually in Portland in uh, earlier in the summer, and there was a Harvey Milk Road going through downtown Portland. Clearly, I don't go to the West Coast that often because it was the first time I've seen a Harvey Milk Road. I've seen plenty of Cesar Chavez uh, and Martin Luther King Roads, but never Harvey Milk. Either way, Bill Murray lost in translation. No way. Um, I have strong takes on this movie, which I'll talk about in Best Picture. No way. He's playing Bill Murray. There's nothing special about that role. Jude Law and Cold Mount, I think is fine. He's fine in that. Nothing special. Wouldn't give it to him. Ben Kingsley, House of Sand and Fog. Good. He's good. 
in this. Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, I think this this is like a, a shocking kind of nomination when you think about it. This is the first Pirates where he admits later on he's just Keith Richards, right? He's playing Keith Richards. Should he have deserved an Academy Award? It's, it's shocking because normally we don't see best actors getting them for comedies. And this is a comedy based on a ride. Let's be real. And most of the time you just don't see... Academy Award nominations given to this type of movie. And so I don't think there was any serious consideration that he was going to win for this. So it's kind of a throw in. And if I remember correctly, and again, I was probably 30 when this Academy Award happened. I think Sean Penn had the, the easy run for this. And he's great. Mystic River, if you're not familiar, another one of my sexy Saturdays, Emmy Russell's very young. She is the daughter of Sean Penn's character, Jimmy Markham, who gets murdered. And... It's a Clint Eastwood movie, and Sean Penn plays the father who's grieving, and then it's got Robbins, as I just mentioned, won the Academy Award as well, and Kevin Bacon and, and Marsha Gellar and Laura Linney. And uh, it's all a drama of kind of crime, whodunit, and it's, it's a good movie. It's a good movie, and I think he does deserve it. I'm not a big fan of Sean Penn's politics. As you guys know, he's crazy lefty, but I love early Sean Penn, like bad boys. Like his 80s work, I think, is great. I think it's great. All right, let's do Best Picture and Best Director because kind of these are always connected. Best Director, we got Clint Eastwood for Mystic River, Peter Weir for Master and Commander, Sofia Coppola, Lost in Translation, Fernando Morales for City of God, Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Over in Best Picture, we got Seabiscuit, Mystic River, Master and Commander, Lost in Translation, Lord of the Rings. So if you're not familiar, this is the year that Lord of the Rings just kills it. It won 11 awards. 11 awards. Master and Commander and Mystic River also did well as well. Not necessarily above above the line. Well, above the line, uh, Mystic River did well because Sean Penn and both Sean Penn and um, Tom, Tim Robbins won. I am surprised that we did not see my boy Russell Crowe get a nomination for Master and Commander. You could easily have put that seafaring mariner instead of Johnny Depp, and I'd be totally fine. And honestly, I would have thrown out Bill Murray, to be honest. I love Master and Commander, partly because I love history, partly because I miss these kinds of movies that you really don't see done anymore. That movie's got Paul Bettany as well. It takes place during the Napoleonic War, and um, Crow is the captain who is trying to evade... I think it's more of like a botany tour of the South Pacific, but then it's during the Napoleonic War, so he, they find out there's a French uh, freighter, just and, and there's there's this maneuvering, and eventually it leads into a fight between the two. And it, I'm surprised that there weren't more Master Commander movies because this is based on novels, like very popular novels by Patrick O'Brien and Aubrey Maturin, and this was the first one. And I'm just surprised that it didn't get him a Best Picture nomination because I would easily replace him with at least four of these guys. Either way. So, Master Commander, I love this movie. Look, Lord of the Rings. Well, let's talk about City God. City God takes place in Brazil. Uh, it's a great movie. It's kind of dark. <laughs> it's, it's, it's essentially a crime film that takes place in the slums of, I think it's Rio. It's not the most winning uh, positive movie. Lost in Translation, Sofia Coppola. Look, Sofia Coppola, 
May and I both agree we are not big fans of Coppola. I think she's definitely a Nepo. We had we talked about her in the two-part series of Top 10 Nepo Babies. She's definitely a Nepo baby. Had she not be the daughter of Francis Ford Coppola, one of the most renowned directors of, oh, I don't know, at least the last 70 years, she would not have gotten the opportunity she got. I think there are some movies where she does well and i think i think she's an acquired taste there's some people who love the virgin suicides there's people that love bling ring and mary antoinette and so forth i am just not a fan of her work i don't think there's anything special about it and something like marie antoinette i can at least laud because it is a period movie and she does put in new order the, the music of new order and she gets good performances but to me lost in translation is just such a dull movie it's so boring and there's nothing revelatory about the Bill Murray character being isolated in Japan and then he meets this young married woman played by Scarlett Johansson. I, I just, no. It shouldn't be nominated for Best Picture. It should have been nominated for anything, but this is the Nepo Hollywood going here. Like, we gotta give Coppola something. And as I mentioned, she did win an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay, or I'm sorry, Best Original Screenplay for Lost in Translation, and I would argue I would argue that she should not have gotten it, but you know what? That is maybe a minority opinion. So when you look at the Best Picture winners, to me, it's really between... Seabiscuit's a fine movie. It's fine. I would, I would not really put it in consideration. Mystic River, to me, Master and Commander, and Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings was going to get this because... For the previous two movies, they did not really give it, if any, above-the-line consideration. And I think the understanding was, we're going to wait till the last one and give it give it all of them in the last one. And that's what they did. 11 Academy Award wins above the line, below the line. And it's a phenomenal work. I, mean, I, I, I do like it more. Two Towers, to me, is just too long and too much of the fight scene in the middle. And it is the middle act. And so you expect the third act movie to be... A lot, kind of like, well, I can't say it's like Star Wars because Return of the Jedi, I think, is weaker than Empire Strikes Back. But I think that you would expect the first act, which is more of the exposition, and then the last act to be the best. And Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, is an amazing movie. And it definitely deserves it. And it's more in line with I love to see in Best Picture wins, the epic, sprawling drama. And certainly Lord of the Rings fits that. I, you know, the, the joke is like there's, there's I mean, four endings at the end of this movie they can't just have one ending but it's a beautiful movie and kind of like what we talked about in the 1998 academy awards with titanic you just have to give it to these movies just for the vision just for the vision of the movie and pulling it off and pulling it off and for that i would give it credit so i definitely think that lord of the rings deserved it and i do definitely think peter jackson deserved it as well and I'm not a big fan of the Hobbit movies as much as the Lord of the Rings movies, but you know I know there's a following there. But I like the Lord of the Rings movie movies more. And the funny thing is, the ratings for this forty three million. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the 2023 Academy Awards were something like twenty million. I mean, it. This goes back to. Certainly the monoculture, what we used to have. It had 18 million. So you're looking at easily more than double, almost three times the amount there. And so it's just crazy. 
it's just crazy. The, the amount of people that used to watch the Academy Awards compared to what they watch now. And some of that is monoculture. Obviously, some of that is we, we lack monoculture. Some of that is just the streaming world. And some a lot of it is just really monoculture, how we just don't have the the one way to watch everything where everyone used to be watching essentially the same stuff but now with streaming and so forth our tastes are so diversified i think also too the 2023 academy awards and we did the three-part series on that back in march when it came out like what what do they need to do to get people back into the academy awards i think that academy award this year's academy award actually benefited from the fact that it actually had commercial success movies like avatar and Top Gun Maverick in there. I think that did it a great service because it t- had the typical indie movies like Banshees of Inner Sharon and, and and everything. I mean, everything everywhere got over $100 million, but it's definitely, it's an A24 film, so it was a relatively small film. But even then, $18 million, it's just, you, you gotta find a way to get the younger people. You gotta do something to, to change those things. But either way, in the year of our Lord, 2004, those were the winners. I think as a whole, the movies that won deserved it. I think Sean Penn deserved it. Charlize Theron, I'm probably in the minority there. I don't necessarily think she should have won that. And I think uh, Renee Zellweger should have won it for Cold Mountain. Guys, I'd love to hear from you. I'm going to post a poll at Spotify. And at the Facebook group, you let me know if you agree or disagree with me about some of these choices. Please rate and review on Apple or Spotify. It helps with the algorithm. There's a link for PayPal. There's also a link to the website that hosts all the Agletico Gregorio feeds. But the best way to listen to them is not on the website, but on Apple and Spotify. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.